You're listening to a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, dedicated to bringing podcasters together for the greater good of gaming. It's sort of like Voltron, but with better lip-syncing. Find out more at Dicetowernetwork.com. Welcome to another episode of the Family Gamers Podcast. This is episode 280. Do you know why I'm doing that? Yeah, because we are <laughs> going to talk about the year of the tiger. That's right. We have just passed the Chinese New Year. Hello, everybody. We are the Family Gamers. As always, I am your host, Andrew, and I am joined by my lovely and wonderful wife, Anitra. That's me. She's my tiger. You're a tiger, baby. Arr. You're Tony the tiger. <laughs> but anyway, it is the year of the tiger in the Chinese Zodiac. We have done this before with, I think, the year of the rat. Yes, two years ago. Yeah. So we are going to talk about some games that uh, have tigers in them because it is the year of the tiger. We thought it would be fun. But before we do that, I have a fact about our episode number 280. Okay, this is a nice round number. Mm-hmm. Give me a fact. It's a nice round fact. You know, sometimes I have to search really hard. Sometimes I have to put something together. Sometimes, like last week, I have something really genuinely interesting about like how many people it takes to you know make a bill become a law. But this week, it's easy. It's simple. If you think about this, you probably already know this. My fact for our episode number is that on Twitter, you have 280 characters to make your point. Fancy that. Mm-hmm. That's it. Also, the Family Gamers podcast is sponsored very graciously by First Move Financial. So before we get into the main body of the show, we've been talking about taxes in our ad reads these days. We have for a reason. One thing to keep in mind during this season is that some states offer a tax break for residents who invest in their own state's 529 college savings plan. That worked for us. In Massachusetts, where we live, we actually got a tax deduction for using the state 529 plans. If you want help planning for your kid's college education, you can go to firstmovefinancial.com slash familygamers. There's a link there to set up a 15-minute call and see if First Move can help you. That's right. Thanks again to First Move for sponsoring the show. So we are going to talk about the Year of the Tiger. We have some wonderful games that have tigers in them, some more prominently featured, some less prominently featured, and yet we have many. Okay, we have like five. We have about five yeah. tiger games. But before that, as always, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. So we went to Georgia. Yes, we did. It was amazing. We went to visit the folks at One Board Family. Yeah, Ryan and Aaron Gutowski. Mm -hmm. And Bob Crowell. And Bob Crowell <laughs> stopped in for a few games. Yes, he did. All right. So we are actually going to break up what we've been playing. We'll talk about some more of it next week because we played so much. It was an amazing weekend. It was very restful and we didn't have to do anything besides like hang out, play board games and like eat i mean that pretty much sounds like <laughs> heaven so <laughs> it, it was nice it was nice so let's get started the first game that i played was a game called floriferous so i played this too but not with you yeah so what did you think of floriferous i really liked it it is a um not exactly a drafting game oh it's, it's a set collection game it's 100 percent a card-based set collection but game. it has a, a little bit of a drafty feel to it like king domino does where your choices are also determine who goes first in the next round. Yep. And so generally the things that are the most desirable will make you go later and the things that are good but maybe not as good will let you go sooner. Well, 
So the cards are randomly distributed. Right. But as you go further down, you get like extra things like stones, which are in addition to the cards. And those things will help you with certain other kinds of set collection. So that's how they make them more valuable. There are also objective cards that you can choose to pick up, and those will always make you go last on your next turn. That's right. So it was really neat. I like the idea of, you know, simple set collection to make a beautiful garden, collecting different kinds of plants, and trying to attract different kinds of little bugs and things, and also building statues with stones and stuff. This really could be a set collection game about anything, but the theme is nice. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the art was nice. It wasn't super cartoony or anything like that. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the art in Tussie Mussy. You know what I mean? It was just a little bit impressionistic. It mm -hmm. reminded you that these are drawings of plants and animals yeah, and things. It yeah. wasn't hyper-realistic, but it also wasn't cartoony. Yeah, it was nice. I liked it. I had a lot of fun with that game. Uh, it's, a, it's just a nice set collection crafting game. In a completely different direction, uh, we both played Furnace together with Ryan. We and played Aaron. that together. Yes. So Furnace is an interesting game because there has been a lot of buzz about Furnace, the engine builder, and I was unsure about this game. This is a game that I really wanted to play before I decided whether or not I wanted to buy it. I mean, the art is cool, but like, it didn't seem like there was a lot in the box to make it worth a $40 price tag. Sure. And I just wasn't sure. So for me, this was the heaviest, most brain-intensive game that we played all weekend. I know you played other things that were heavier. We'll talk about that next week. Yeah. But this was it for me. It definitely was not so heavy that I didn't enjoy it and that I wouldn't want to play it again. But it was kind of on that borderline for me where I really need to be in the right mood and in the right headspace to do it. Because halfway through the game... I found that I had so many choices, but it seemed like none of them were going to do what I wanted, but it took time to like work out with each choice. Will this do what I want? Mm -hmm. Step through A, B, C, D, E. No, it won't. All right. Look at the next choice. Right, a, B, C, right, D, right, E. Right, right. So, um, so that's kind of interesting. So number one, I don't think it's about it being heavy. I think it's about it being a brain burner. Yeah. I, not the same thing. Correct. I mean, because there's nothing like really complex about the game in that way. It's just, it's this chaining engine builder. It wasn't hard to learn. It was hard to keep track of what was going on. So cards come out and you basically bid on them. And depending on which one, if you win a card, it goes into your engine. Mm. And if you don't win a card, you get kind of like uh, conciliatory points or something like that. Uh, I don't know. You, what the you get a, yeah, a runner up kind of reward. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, the more you bid and lose, usually. the more of that reward you get. Right. So there's always this balance. Like if you see something that you think somebody really wants, you might want to bid high, but not too high, knowing that they're going to bid more right. so that you get more resources. Right. So once you acquire all of your resources and all of your engine bits, then the way that we played was you could rearrange your engine every turn. It's not the only way to play this game, and I'll get to this in a sec. But that, I think, is really why it was such a brain burner. Oh, man, Because, yeah. like, okay, well, hold on. If I'm going to maximize this card, then I need to put it after these things, but I might want right. to do this, and then I have right. to re... And it's just this, like this constant second-guessing and rearranging thing. What we could have done, which would have been probably easier, is the other way that you play this, where you can either 
put the cards that you acquire at the beginning or the end, but you can't interrupt the existing engine that you have. I think one of the other variations was you can put it beginning, end, or exactly in the middle of your list. But well, I mean, even that. But, but yeah, it, at least it would cut down on yes. the choices. Yes, and I think when we at some point in the future get a chance to play this again, that is the way I would like to play. Sure. Probably your engine is less productive that way, but also... But everybody's engine is less productive Right, exactly. All right. So, um, so that was Furnace. I really liked it. I mean, I, I can understand the desire to step away from that level of brain burning and be like, you know what? I just don't want to do that. Right. Like, I get, I get that, but I really liked the crunchiness. I shouldn't say crunchy. It's not crunchy, but like just the... I mean, I'm a min-max kind of player, and I really right. enjoyed that. And I like the art style, and I like kind of the the, the feel of the game. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think, you know, after playing that game, I wasn't sure going into it whether or not this is a game that, like, I would like to buy and I would like to, you know, have in my collection. And now I kind of think that I, I think it's still on my list. I don't think it, you know, one play, I'm like, eh, you know what, I'll just play it when somebody else has it. I think I would like to have that game. Okay. I certainly wouldn't mind playing it again. But I don't love it either. It, mm-hmm. it was good. That's fine. Yeah. The next game, however, is a game that wasn't really on our radar. I had heard about it before, but it wasn't really on our radar. And after playing this game, we both decided this oh, is man. going on the list. Yes. So this game is Juicy Fruits. Yes. I'm, it's the sliding fruit game. I mean, I knew it was a sliding puzzle and it was fruit themed. And I was like, okay, man, I like those kind of things. But I have so many other things going on now. Whatever. It yep. just kind of fell off my radar. Yep. It was so much fun. Yeah, it's a great game. It's a good game. So in Juicy Fruits, you start off, you have this island, and you have a couple of, like, I don't know what they're supposed Are they just fruits? You, like, have, you have five baskets of fruit. Baskets of fruit. And what you need to do is you need to slide the fruit baskets on your island in order to acquire the fruit. And the more tiles over which you slide them, so if I could slide it, say, three, I would get three of whatever fruit that was. You need to get this fruit... So that you can pay the ships fruit. with this fruit as a resource to get them off of your island to clear more space so that you can slide more things around. But then you're trying to acquire other things that give you points or allow you to slide other things around or move you up this track to get more victory points. And so there's this really interesting ebb and flow dynamic where you're clearing up your island, but then you need to fill up your island in order to get points or other things that you can do to get you points. Like, you can buy the ice cream cart, which you can then use by sliding it to make ice cream. You turn in the correct fruits, and then you get ice cream. Yeah. After you've slid the ice cream cart. Mm -hmm. It definitely has some of the feel of an engine builder, but with some chaos thrown in, for sure. I don't even think it's chaos. I just think it's, it's a really interesting tactile puzzle. Well, yeah, you've got that sliding puzzle thing. And as you mentioned, you start very restricted and then you're trying to clear out space so that you can be less restricted so you can buy stuff, which then restricts how far you can slide right. again. And I mean, the fruit are like actual like wooden, you know, d- meeple cut. type. Die yeah. Cut? Yeah. Fruit. It was a great tactile experience. I like the art style. It's this kind of cartoony, juicy art style. I, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's fun. It's not a kids game, but it has a kind of kid-like feel to the style. Kids could absolutely play it. But it's a hard game. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. I liked it a lot. I liked it too. So that one went on our list. So um, we don't own it yet, but uh, I think we'll we'll be looking for a way to acquire it. Also got a chance to finally try out Art Ravels. Yep. So I played this at PAX Unplugged. 
Yes. But I was happy to play it with you and Ryan and Aaron so that you could have a chance to play the game. I liked it a lot. And not only because I did fairly well. I thought I would, but it's another one of those where it just, it didn't quite hook me enough to seek it out earlier. Sure. Now I definitely will. I want to see more of these games with the cozy, you're making stuff, more typically feminine type pursuits portrayed in a board game. Okay. Crafting, baking, quilting. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Less about fighting people. I do enjoy games where you fight people, but I am on board for this new genre of board games. Sure. Theme of board games. And our travels did not disappoint in that area. Awesome. So we have friends locally who have it. Yes. So I don't know if that's enough for you or if this is a game that you feel like you want to acquire. Probably our friends locally is enough. Okay. But I might suggest it the next time we go over to their house. Okay, sure. That's fine. That, I mean, that's what I like to hear because I like the game just fine. I don't mind playing the game. I don't need to own that game. And that's fine. Yeah. All right. Next on the list is Skulls of Sedlek. This is a game that we've played a couple of times. We've talked about it before. Yep. We got a chance to show it to Ryan this we time. We did. And I, I think I... You won. You won when we played three-player. I think I played two-player. Maybe you and I played two-player. I don't know. I lost a lot of games that weekend. That's what I know. That's true. You did. You beat me when just the two of us played. Yes. And then Ryan won when we showed him how to play. That's how you demo a game. (laughs) I am in training for Essen. Uh, The hope is that I'm going to be going to Essen this year, which I'm very excited about. I'm in training on how to demo a game, which is to say that you throw it, but not obviously. Right, you you make the little bad choices. Yeah, well, yeah. which is not at all what I did in that game, but I'm just kind of <laughs> pretending. You're uh, practicing; but, <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, so we played Skull to Sedlek. Great game from Button Shy. Uh, I mean, you know, we were traveling. It, it's really easy to bring Button Shy games. Yes, when you travel. it is. Lots of fun. I basically threw in my bag all of the Button Shy games that we Period. had. No, <laughs> uh, that we had that could accommodate for more than two players. Okay, which I think we have four or five of those at this point. All right, and that brings us to Friday night. Friday, Friday, Friday. <laughs> if you do not know One Board Family, they do this thing on Friday nights called Friday Night Fights, which is awesome. It's unmatched. They stream unmatched games. And basically, since we were there, we did a two-on-two unmatched fight. Yeah, and we kicked their butts. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was it was kind of odd. Like, I think it was just disarming for Ryan, like, because he was managing the stream and, like, yeah. he's not used to a one-on-one game. And so it just, like, they just weren't super strategic. And, and that's fine. Yeah, it just, it, I, I, I'm I not desiring to knock their ability. Oh, no. It, anyway. That's, I guess, what that's I'm fine. saying. But they were uh, InGen and Muldoon and the Invisible Man. And we were Yanenga and Achilles and Patroclus. Mm-hmm. And we smushed at them. Yes. I will say the more we play unmatched at anything other than two players, the more I see how it's not that it's unbalanced, but it swings a lot more. If well, you're doing it's harder. If, I mean, if it, you're doing whether it's 2v2 or it's three person everybody against yeah. each other free for all, it just can swing a lot more. I actually try really hard when we do a free for all with the kids to try to attack them equally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. Well, and that, you know, at the end of the day, that's kind of what we ended up doing is we decided, okay, let's gang up on Muldoon. Okay, let's gang up on the Invisible Man. I mean, kind of, I mean, yeah. Once Muldoon's gone, you know, whatever. Sure. But yeah, it just whatever. It was fun. That, it, that's why I'm ending that one. <laughs> it, it was fun. And it does make me want to play some more 2v2 sure. unmatched. That's fine. I agree with that. Although the board gets real crowded real quick. Yes, it does. 
The final game, this game was new to us. It's not like we had never heard of this game before, so don't come after us, please. But we had never before played Skull King. Yeah, it just, there are other fast card games that I've played, but I did not realize that Skull King was so similar to Wizard, a trick-taking card game that we used to play a lot more of. Right. This was a howler. I, I don't oh, know. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't even know how else to describe it. I mean, it's... It is a mean trick-taking game. Oh, yeah. Is what it oh, is. we can't own this so game. So mean. We, I mean, I mean, we could own this game, but we could never play it with our children. Yeah, only with Ever. adults. Ever. Only with adults. Uh, so, I mean, standard trick-taking, except there are also pirates, and there is the Skull King, and there are mermaids, and there are, like, retreats. I don't know. Yeah, there are sails, the, I guess. And then white there flags. Is, and yeah. then there is the white whale. And the Kraken. Oh, and the Kraken. I forgot to mention the Kraken. And so all of those different face cards have different abilities. So like the pirates will beat all of the number cards, but the Skull King can beat any of the pirates. But the mermaids can beat any of the number cards and the Skull King, but, but not, not the, pirates. the pirates. Yes. And the retreat basically says, I'm not actually going to be in this trick at all. Yeah, it, it is a total like white flag surrender. Like mm-hmm. I lose this trick automatically. The rest of y'all can. The Kraken is just nobody wins this trick. Everybody has to put in a card, even if the Kraken is not played last. It and just, it just gets those thrown cards out. Just disappear. Yeah. And then like the whale, I feel like was the one that made the most like, oh, man. like people freak out because the, the whale basically the whale. says. None of the suits matter anymore. None of the face cards matter anymore. The highest number wins. Yeah. And that changes so much of the dynamic around the table when it gets played. Yes, it does. And it was just like, it. I mean, we were hooting and hollering and screaming and it was so fun. I will also say that the bidding mechanic works a little differently than I had expected as well which does add to the tension of the game. This is a trick-taking game where you get your hand of cards and then you bid how many tricks you think you're going to be able to win. Yep. That part's fairly standard. But if you bid zero, I will win zero tricks. You will either gain or lose a number of points based on how many tricks there are. So early in the game, bidding zero is not a big deal one way or the other. Like, oh... We're only doing one card. I bid zero, so I'm going to get 10 points, you know, if my zero is correct. But by the time you're doing seven cards in a round, you bid zero, you might get 70 points if you are successful. (laughs) But if you get even one trick, you'll then get negative 70 points. It's so swingy, and it it is a big part of what makes the game mean, because you can look around and be like, you, you bid zero, And if you do that successfully, you are going to jump into the lead. How about I change things up just a little bit and force you to take this trick? Yeah. Catapult you from first to last. I don't know that I ever had the opportunity in the two or three games we played over the course of the weekend to play the jerk like that. (laughs) I don't, I just don't think I did. Like, I don't think I ever got the whale ever. Mm. I got a mermaid a couple of times. think i got the kraken once and like a retreat card once like in all of the sure, games sure, which sure. is just not much i mean it's just the way it worked out it's fine. yeah but um yeah, it was really interesting it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun that is a very inexpensive card game you can get from grandpa beck's games mm-hmm. if your family can enjoy trick taking and can deal with the meanness involved as we've described great game yep totally agree 
All right. I think that's it for our first half. We're going to save the rest of our vacation games for next time. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think we'll kind of work our way through it. We'll get there. And so let's take a break. When we come back, we will welcome our new members of the community. Absolutely. And talk about Tigers. Tiger. It's the year of the tiger, and we've got some good games. Sure. That sure works. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back. The rifts changed our world. Even as villages were torn apart, the rift force spread across the land. What once seemed lifeless began to rise and awake. Gifted individuals were able to control these living elementals. Now they have come together to share knowledge and forge temporary alliances to defend access to the rifts. Is this a movie trailer? No, it's a snap review for Rift Force. I mean, for Rift Force. (laughs) (laughs) Rift Force is a two-player card game designed by Carlo Bordellini. And published by One More Time Games. Two players ages 10 and up can battle for control of the rifts in about 30 minutes. The art in Rift Force by Miguel Coimbra is great. It looks fantastic. This is what some of the cards look like. We just wish there was a little bit more of it. Yeah, each set of cards has a summoner reference. And then all of the other cards are just identical elementals with a single large number in the corner. The cards are really easy to push shuffle, which is good, because you'll need to shuffle a small deck very thoroughly to start this game. So, Anitra, let's talk about how to play Rift Force. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You start by laying out the five Rift cards and the two score cards to create a central play area. Both players will take a random summoner. Then they take turns drafting from the available summoners until each player has four. Shuffle the elementals for your four summoners to make a single play deck, and then draw a hand of seven cards. On your turn, you can do one of three actions. You can either play up to three cards to your side of the rift. These cards must all be the same type, or suit, or elemental, or all the same number, and they have to be placed either all in the same space or in adjacent spaces. Or you could activate up to three of your placed elemental cards. Play a single card from your hand, And then announce whether you're activating the matching type, in this case crystal, or the matching number, which would be five. Then you may activate the elemental attack power of up to three cards already played that match that. The third option is called check and draw. So here you draw your hand back up to seven cards and you gain rift power if your elementals control any spaces that are unopposed on the opposite side. You gain rift power on a check and draw, but also anytime you defeat an opposing elemental with the activate action. Rift power is the score track, but it's also the trigger for the end game. When one player reaches or passes 12 on the rift power track, you finish the round and then the game ends. Whoever has more Rift Power is the winner. (laughs) So, Anitra, what did we expect from this game? Well, we generally like two-player battling games. Mm -hmm. We play them against each other. We We play them against our older son. Mm -hmm. The setup here of facing off across a rift reminded us at first of Fight for Olympus. Yeah, that's an older game from 
Mayfair Lookout Spiel. Yeah. Yeah. But it had a cool kind of deck mashup mechanic that reminded us a little bit of Smash Up, which is another game that we like. Yeah, being able to draft your elementals and then make a new deck is a really cool idea. Mm Mm-hmm. The art looks great, and uh, building an army with four different factions does give a lot of variation to the gameplay, especially because you start with a random yeah. so uh, you, summoner. You so you can't plan on picking the same ones every time. Right. So that's kind of what we expected when we opened this box up. What surprised us about Rift Force? Well, so even though the components of Rift Force are really straightforward, there are ten suits with three numbers in each suit. The summoner powers and the rules governing what can be played together, you know, all the same suit or all the same number, make Rift Force a surprisingly strategic game. Every turn, you'll choose between getting more elementals on the board or attacking your opponent or drawing more cards. The draw and check action can be used to your advantage to gain points, but only if you time it well, which I am very bad at. But it meant we constantly needed to refer back to the reference summoner cards. Four factions might actually be too much unless you play this game a lot. And due to the luck of the draw, you often end up leaning heavily on just one or two of the four factions that are actually in your deck. I'm also a little bit disappointed that the box makes it look like a much bigger game than it is. It's 110 cards and 28 generic tokens. You could fit this entire thing in like a sandwich baggie. Yeah. We were also not really prepared for the game to be quite so fiddly. You're adding small damage tokens to multiple cards along the rift, and you're often trying to move the front card in a stack, which means pulling everything else out of the way. But it sure does feel good to take those opposing elementals off the board and get your Rift Points. Rift Points! Anisha, do we recommend Rift Force? (laughs) I think Rift Force is best for preteens, teens, and adults who are ready for a head-to-head battle. Over the Rift. I mean, (laughs) the Rift. It's easy to learn, but it's going to keep your brain engaged, trying to activate your elementals in just the right order to take down your opponent. It's definitely not a game for sore losers because you're so invested in what's happening, and there is a little bit of luck going on. Uh, There's still a lot of luck in what you draw. So, Anitra, what are we going to rate Rift Force from One More Time Games? (laughs) I think we're going to give it three out of five elementals. And that's... Rift Force! In a snap. And we're back. All right, so we are all prepped and ready to talk about the Year of the Tiger. But first, we want to welcome our new community member, Singular. We only had one new member this week, and that's okay. And welcome to Megan Eileen. Welcome to the Family Gamers community. Head over, everybody else, to the Family Gamers community. And please welcome Megan. Thanks for joining, Megan. Yay! Yay! All right. Let us talk about the Year of the Tiger. We started off the show, we mentioned that in the Chinese Zodiac, this is the Year of the Tiger. So, we started talking back and forth, spitballing a little bit. Board games that you could play with tigers in them. That you could use to celebrate the Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. Also, Chinese New Year celebrations go on for several weeks, so technically we missed, you know, the day of Chinese New Year, but But that's okay. It's still going on, right. We got plenty of time. Right. You could play them all year long. The entire year is the Year of the Tiger. That is true. That is true. And the first one is a game that is no stranger to the family gamers. It is a game with a giant tiger face on the front of the box, and that game is endangered. Yeah, so 
obviously there are other scenarios you can play, but the tiger scenario for endangered is one of the two that comes in the main box and it's fantastic. And you will learn a little bit more about tigers and their habitat and the threats to them in the wild by playing the game. That's right. Everybody loves this game. I think Rado said it was like one of the most important games, like board games that had something to do with like ecology or something. I mean, he he was effusive about how good this game is. And I thoroughly agree with him. I love the cooperative nature of this game, how there's still a strategy involved, but it's really difficult with a game like this to have somebody who's like quarterbacking the whole thing because there's a lot of different kinds of options, all of which can be helpful in some way or another. And mm-hmm. I really appreciate the fact that everybody has a little bit of agency in what they're doing. While being a relatively open cooperative game, this mm-hmm. is not a, you know, the mind or something right, where right, you're right. trying to keep everything secret. Right. I also love that with this game, I don't want to say there's multiple paths to victory, but there's kind of multiple paths to victory in the way you get the UN members or whatever they are to vote. Like, sure. You can pick whichever ones you want to. You can make some choices that that work for your group. Yeah, but it's not a game where it's like you could fulfill this goal or this completely separate goal. You know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. So I really like that part of the game. It always keeps it interesting. So there's all these different scenarios that you can play. And then there's all the new scenarios, of course, in Endangered and New Species. And there's all the different potential advisors or UN advisors or whatever they are. I can't remember the name right now. And those add variability as well. So there's just a ton there that Mm -hmm. you really have to work with and I, I really really like it it's a great game it's a great series how does endangered from grand gamers guild our number two game for year of the tiger mm-hmm. is animal kingdoms that's yes. another one with a tiger on the box <laughs> yes it is animal Kingdoms is a really interesting area control game yes it is the theme is exactly what it sounds like you are trying to win over favor with all of these various kind of fantastical animal rulers of various animal kingdoms, and one of them is the tigers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really neat because you have these kingdoms and you're trying to place your guys, I guess. I don't really even know. Influence tokens? I don't Uh, don't really know. Into these various kingdoms, but the way in which you do that is by playing cards from your hand in shifting requirements. So. You know, it might be they can only be fours or they can only be even or they have to be higher than the last one or lower than the last one or they can only be these colors. And and so those things are all randomly determined every round. And so it's constantly shifting and it just makes for a really interesting game because those kingdoms all have different numbers of locations or spots in them in which you can place influence tokens. So the amount that you have to play into something to gain enough influence to control it is different as well. And so depending on what the requirement is versus the number of spaces that are in it versus whether or not someone has taken like the space at the top, which is like the reserve space, which I don't remember what it's called. There's just like there's a lot of different layers in that game and it's really, really interesting. And even though there's a lot of layers, once you get into it and play it, it's not a complicated No, I don't think it is. And I think that's really one of the things that's remarkable about it. I mean, so this is a Galactoraptor game. So this is one half of this is Letterman games. And the other half of this is Weird Giraffe games. And it definitely has like the Carla Cop like thumbprint on it. You know what I mean (laughs) when I say that? Yes, it very much does. Yeah. And so it's got some mechanics that are a little bit different. And in this game, it works really, really well. Some games it doesn't work that great. This game, I think it works really, really well. Yeah. Shout out honorable mention to Animal Kingdom's Roar and Write. Mm Mm-hmm which we also have, also has Tiger on the box, and also has Tigers in the game. Yep. But it is significantly more complicated than Animal Kingdoms. Once you get the rules down, I think I agree with you. 
I think it's weird to get through the rules in Animal Kingdoms. It's weird to get through the rules in both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, really but I mean, the the core gameplay, like once the rules are understood, yeah. is more complex in Roar and Right. In Roar and Right. Than yeah. It is. yeah. There's also Lost Kingdoms, but that's technically dinosaurs, so that's kind of a different deal, but it's in the same general thing. And then there's Kingdoms of the Deep, which is the other game. There's a lot of games in the series. Yes. Moral of the story. But the two that have tigers on them are Animal Kingdoms and Animal Kingdoms Roar and Right. Our number three tiger game skews a little bit younger. A yeah, little bit. A little, little bit. bit. Although it's a Hoppa game, it's complex for a Hoppa game. Yeah, it's not a yellow box Hoppa game. Correct. That would be Hunga because Hunga is a saber tooth tiger. tiger. <laughs> so this is a just a fantastic action selection game. Nick reviewed it for the Family Gamers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had nothing but good things to say about this game. It, it's really, really interesting the balance between trying to choose the right actions, but also keep the saber tooth tigers like satisfied so he doesn't get mad. And mm-hmm. you know, perform his negative actions and, and bite your resources and With take them his away. Saber teeth. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just picturing a saber tooth tiger using his teeth like skewers, just sticking like a bunch of fruit and fish and stuff till the tooth can't hold anymore. I mean, you know, uh, if it's a boy saber tooth tiger, like they all know what it's all about to carry everything upstairs, so they only have to make one trip. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that is our number three is Hunga from Haba. And now we kind of lean back a little bit more into games that have tigers in them and maybe do not quite feature tigers in quite the same way that Endangered and Animal Kingdoms and Hunga do. Yes. So our number four game is Dice Throne, specifically the character of the Huntress from Dice Throne Season 2. Mm-hmm. So the Huntress has an animal companion named Naira, and Naira is a tiger. So for anybody who hasn't played Dice Throne, Dice Throne is essentially Battle Yahtzee. You are rolling dice to try to make sequences that you can use to perform attacks or some kind of defensive maneuver or some kind of maneuver where you're uh, applying tokens to the other player or whatever there are kind of these ultimate attacks which are you know the best sequences that you can get the all sixes the all sixes yeah i mean it's yahtzee right and there's also cards that can be used to do things like boost stats or allow for extra rolling or stuff like that and you're just trying to beat up your opponent until they're dead yeah that that's nice term yep so the huntress is interesting in that she has a companion most of the fighters in dice zone do not have companions yes so it's a little bit different because she's got two dials, almost like in a game of Unmatched or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm, the, the, mm-hmm. They use dials for like your for your health and mana, your essentially, and your health points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the Huntress has these two dials, and they absolutely kind of go back and forth. And and Naira can do things, and you know, the Huntress can take the damage that Naira would otherwise take, or vice versa. And there's some stuff like that kind of going on there. So um, they have this like special bond, um, which I wish I had with the tiger. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I guess I understand where you're coming from, that you yeah, wish you had that special it would bond. Be awesome. I don't really want a tiger in my house. I'm... Okay. You mean other than me? Yes. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I meant. <laughs> All right. What's next on our list? All right. Number five on the list is another one where tigers show up but are not featured quite so prominently. That is Onitama, which fits our Chinese New Year theme fairly well. Mm-hmm. I just checked before doing the show, and nine out of the 12 Chinese Zodiac animals are in the movement cards for Onitama. So you'll only ever see five in a given game. 
but you could explicitly pull out the tiger and say that's going to be one of our five and then mm-hmm. shuffle up the rest and yeah, and, and then draw them randomly, draw them randomly. like that. Which might mean that when we do this next year for the next symbol in Chinese Zodiac, you will hear about Onitama, Onitama again. Onitama might be in there again. There's a 75% chance. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we have talked about Onitama before. We love this game so much. It's this very peaceful, kind of serene, almost chess-like game where you can only move your pieces in the way in which the two cards in front of you say that you can move them, you move one piece and then you take the card in front of you, put it into the center spot and then take whatever's in the center spot and put it in front of you. And then your opponent does the same thing. And so the movement cards are always kind of moving back and forth. Yes. And it's this really, really interesting multi-level tactical strategy Mm -hmm, game. mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, it's super nice. I definitely think of it as chess, but simpler. Mm -hmm. I would agree with that. Because you have fewer options and they're always laid out Right in front of you. Right. This is that less complex furnace. Yes. Exactly. (laughs) Kind of thing. So So that is Onitama, another game featuring a tiger as part of its components. And the next game, the next game has tiger in the title. Yeah. So we are now getting sillier and sillier. But uh, game number six is Cow, Tiger, Santa Claus. Yep. So we are unabashed, button shy fans. (laughs) You don't say. Cow, Tiger, Santa Claus is a... Cute little game where there are six cards that are easy, six cards that are middle, and six cards that are hard. And when you're in the car, you get dealt one of each of them. And those are things that you have to see out your car window. Yeah. The simplest way to play this is actually that the dealer just picks one easy, one medium, one hard, preferably without looking. And then everybody is looking for those things. Okay, sure. And if you get it first, you win the card and the dealer can pull out a new card of that difficulty type for everybody to look for. Sure. I mean, that works. But yeah, it's just a fun little game to kind of, you know, blow off some steam while you're stuck in the car for too long with people that are starting to smell bad. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you were all set to like, tell me that I was being ridiculous. And you're like, no, that's exactly yeah, no, that's, what that's it is. That's pretty much yeah, it. That's yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Especially now that we can go more than uh, 20 minutes between potty trips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Parents, you know what I'm talking about. All right. And we do want to talk about two more games. These are games where... They are tigers in their hearts. I see a game right here with a beautiful orange tiger striped Striped cat. cat. (laughs) Tigers in their hearts, Calico. Yeah, so, I mean, Calico has lots of cats in it. And, I mean, the one on the front is as close as a house cat can get to being a tiger. I mean, he's super cute. He's also very cute and curled up. Well, that kind of reminds me of the next game on the list, which has a similar kind of relationship, which is Isle of Cats. Yes, Both of these are cat-themed, not tiger-themed, but they deserve honorable mention. Well, if you know anything about cats, you know that they all think they're tigers. They really kind of do. Even the (laughs) dumb ones. Especially the dumb ones. Sometimes especially the dumb ones. An homage to the little tigers in our houses. (laughs) Calico is a tile-laying puzzle game themed around quilts and cats. Mm -hmm. Which we like a lot. A lot of people now are saying that they prefer Cascadia, like... I don't know. I we'll play Cascadia Cas- at some point. I It'll happen. Cascadia yet. But I got to say, part of what I love about Calico is that it's that brain burny abstract puzzle that I really like with a theme that's just kind of warm and cozy. Sure. I can get behind that. Isle of Cats, you are rescuing these weird, not really feral, just weird looking cats from an island and finding spaces for them on your boat. 
Are they like serval cats? They do cl- kind of yeah. look like serval yeah, cats. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's what kind of. I was like, ah, oh, what's that cat? The big cat. That's I mean, like but a they've bangle, got but they've got yeah. like antennae and stuff, and they're green and purple and weird and serval blue cats. and yeah, radioactive serval cats, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I mean, we love the polyomino cat games. There yep. you go, Isle of Cats, and it's got a, a real nice family mode that keeps it fairly simple. And so that's our list. We have five serious games and three silly games um, (laughs) for talking about tigers and cats. Mm -hmm. So there are others, obviously. There are many games that are out there. We don't know them all. Staff writer Nick, we were kind of talking about this, and he mentioned the Fireball Island expansion for Crouching Tiger Hidden Bees, which we have not played. And he also mentioned that, like, My Little Scythe has, I guess, a tiger character on the cover. Oh, yeah, it does. Again, another game that we have not played. Yeah. So we can't really speak to those. But if those are tiger-themed games that you like, or if there are other tiger-themed games that you or your kids like, like, I don't... Are there Daniel Tiger board games? There probably are. There's got to be a Daniel Tiger, like, <laughs> memory game or feelings game or yeah, something. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, if those games are out there, tell us about them. Please tell us about Please them. Please inform us and the Family Gamers community about those games. You can find us all sorts of ways. The best place to go is the Family Gamers community on Facebook. You can go to Facebook and search for the Family Gamers community. Or you can go to thefamilygamers.com forward slash community. And don't forget to say hello to Megan. Yes. <laughs> you can also reach us on all kinds of social media at Family Gamers AA. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, very occasionally on TikTok at Family Gamers AA. And you can check out our YouTube videos, which are mostly our snap reviews, at youtube.com slash thefamilygamers. Yep. You can also just email us if there's something that you want to ask us or tell us or whatever. You can email me, Andrew, at thefamilygamers.com. Anitra at thefamilygamers.com. Please check out our Family Gamers and Play Games with Your Kids merchandise. You can get t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and stuff at thefamilygamers.com forward slash merch. Please don't forget (laughs) to subscribe to this podcast if you have not already and you like what you hear. Mm -hmm. Please tell your friends about the podcast. No matter how you feel about it. Even if you're like, man, I hate it, but you might like it. We'll take that. We'll We've take reviewed it. games that way. Uh, yes. <laughs> totally valid. And don't forget to leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We're also on Amazon Music and TuneIn and Stitcher and everywhere. All the places. Wherever fine podcasts are sold for free. Yep. That's right. Finally, The Family Gamers is sponsored by First Move Financial, which we still appreciate. We absolutely do. Go to firstmovefinancial.com forward slash family gamers to learn how the team at First Move Financial can help you pile up the victory points. Well, I think it's time to go feed our little tiger who's begging for food. He absolutely is doing he that. It's all kind the time. Of getting annoying. We have a very exciting interview lined up for next week. We are super pumped for it. Yes. So uh, until then, everybody, play, play games, games with, with your, your kids. kids.